black and powerful, yes I am. Black and powerful, yes I am. Black and white world like Jefferson's. Black and white world, the rifleman. Black and white world, Batman. Black and white world, Pat Masterson. Black and white world, black and white world, black and powerful, yes I am. Hello world, I know I love me. I hope you hear me before you judge me. Hope you know me before you trust me and see my beauties before my uglies. I'm black and proud, just like Penny. Love is plenty and doubt is empty. Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King Podcast, and this is your boy Rodney Perry King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. So, uh, today, today, today is a very, very cool, interesting, short little, you know, um, podcast that I want to come and address something that we all deal with on the day to day, no matter who you are. And uh, it's really something that I feel like, you know, needs to be spoken about something that needs to be brought to the light that every if you don't know you need to know if you don't know if you heard of it you need to look more into it because i believe within these small little microaggressions is what we're was what we're talking about today we can start those conversations about you know race about you know they're just just essential essential prejudices they that they haven't you know dealt with yet prejudices prejudices something like that but it's like I believe that once you address those things, once you are able to recognize those things and recognize that these are microaggressions and they are really have no no bearing within just common in the commonplace of society, then we will definitely progress forward. Now, what are microaggressions for everyone who's listening who may not know? What do you think they are? Hmm. Well, um, pull from you know the handy dandy Wikipedia. Um, microaggressions is a term that was coined by a psychiatrist um, at Harvard University, at Harvard University professor named Chester M. Pierce in the 70s. He described he described it as insults and dismissals he regularly witnessed non-black Americans inflict on African Americans. Eventually, the term came to encompass casual, you know, casual degradation in any social marginalized group. No matter that being poor and disabled, no matter it was rooted in racism, sexism, based off of nationality, sexuality, you know, all those things were happening at once because everyone was giving off those, you know, slight little aggressions. So what does a microaggression look like, you ask? Now, I go to um, quoting from uh, Psychology Today, a uh a journal a essay that was written by Daryl Wing Sue, Dr. Daryl Wing Sue, and um, it's called it Microaggressions in Everyday Life. And it's more than just race. It was the kind of like the subsect of it. And he says, what do a, he actually he kind of answers the questions of what do microaggressions look like? And he says he breaks them up into categories. And the first one is racial microaggressions, which are kind of the most common. You know, those are the ones that you see the most because that's the immediate, you know, sight, seeing you're black, you're white, you're Asian, or what are you, which is another microaggression that they just don't know and they just come at you in that way. It's not how you ask anybody a question like that. So it's very problematic. So the first microaggression is a white man or woman clutches their purse or checks their wallet as a black or Latino man approaches or passes them. <laughs> Hidden message, you and your group are criminals. 
Now, I love that he put the hidden messages in there because essentially that is what you think of me. Living in, you know, living in, uh, just working in Chicago, I definitely see these things all the time. And sometimes I even test them out just on some social experiment type shit, you know, because it's like, let me let me see if this is a really a thing, you know, like you've heard of it. You may have seen it slightly. You may have been in the elevator and somebody kind of step away or clutch their purse or make sure they gather their damn things when you when they see you kind of come just to it almost seem like I'm just trying to get out your way so you can whatever. But it's kind of like, come on now, let's let's be real. People aren't that damn polite. And. I tested it out. I've definitely been on the corner and, you know, stood next to this, this white woman and she like literally like removed herself from the whole section of that corner to the other side. And another guy came and walked up right beside her and was literally the same distance away that I just was. And she just stayed, stayed there until the light turned to walk. So I'm sitting here like, so it's not a personal space thing, but it's more so I'm a black man standing just a little too close to you on the corner of the street and you have another person who is not black standing the exact same distance but that's just that's all right it's not it doesn't bother me and we're about to cross the street so i i, I, I whatever an asian american born and raised in the united states is complimented for speaking good english hidden message you are not a true american you are a perpetual foreigner in your own country very insulting situation um and this is and within that situation i believe you have to i feel like with this one it may be a lot more personal so the way you deal with these things are going to be a lot different as well you know what how about i just with each one i say this is how you should handle the situation um so in this case the hidden message being you're not a true american you're a foreigner definitely 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 make sure you address that within the moment keep your composure keep it calm tell that person well i mean i'm from south carolina so i'm an american i'm an asian american it is what it is i mean i i will i would like to compliment you as well on your on your great english you must have a great you know english teacher back in school because i'm assuming you've been here the whole time too right you can either come at a very comical approach, very kind of sarcastic. All depends on the relationship that's already at play. If this is a relationship that you have to deal with, definitely be very direct and let that person know this is something that you shouldn't say to people. It's very insulting and you're insinuating that you know that I'm not from here. Like immediately just, you must not be from here. And it's a very white normalizing thing because white is just the, the norm. And I think the microaggression is essentially you pushing that, that that normalcy onto someone else. You you know you know that you know kind of like white is seen as right, even if they try to you know deny it and say no, I don't see color. All lives matter. Everyone has the ability to do all the things of the world. In actuality, that's not how it is. And with these microaggressions, it just tells you where somebody really stands because if they were truly truly woke or truly a white ally they would be able to recognize these things and not do them hmm. next thing um a black couple is seated at a table in the restaurant next to the kitchen despite there being other empty and more desirable tables located at the front hidden message you are a second class citizen and undeserving 
of a first class treatment. This one right here is really, really fucked up because it automatically kind of like it's a very, very like instant, instant kind of re, you know, reaction. Like, hold on. What is like we literally walked past 10 empty tables to get to this table that we literally almost going to get our head busted by a damn plate or a tray of damn water and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think in this situation, you should address it with that host, whatever, whoever works there. And if that ever, if that escalates, you may just really not eat, need to even eat in that motherfucker. Like if literally you go to that person, you try to, you know, call them out on why we're sitting in this place. You know, you didn't see any reserve signs on none of these tables. Why can't I sit here? I want to sit there. I'm paying to be in this bitch. Let me sit where I want to sit. So definitely address that. And if it gets to the point to where you got to talk to managers and the managers on some, some fuck shit, then you really just don't even need to patronize that business. Get the hell out because it's not for you. And that's fine. That's cool. Be just be cool. Go to, you know what I'm saying? Harold's Uncle Remus or something. Maybe not Uncle Remus. I heard they go to be, be sketchy about that. You know, if you're from Chicago, because I heard they ain't cooking, you know, the chicken good. But definitely, you know, patronize a business that makes you feel welcomed. Definitely, you know, you're going to have that, you know, make you wait a little bit longer. Come at you with this look like, oh, you guys eating here. Can you afford it? Same thing. I hate one thing I do hate is like when people try to come at your pockets in a restaurant. If you say here you ordered a burger and you want it, you you tell them what the hell you want on it. That's not like originally on the original recipe. You want everything that comes on the burger. And then you ask, can I add bacon? Can I add, put an egg on it? You know what I'm saying? Let me add the guac. Let me add a whatever little extra. And you literally know because you see it on the bottom of the damn thing. Two dollars, three dollars, depending on what type of restaurant it is and the quality of the food extra for this add on. But the there's always this very very kind of like condescending tone that some you know service and waiters give you like oh well you know that's a dollar <laughs> i know that it is damn dollar like it's a dollar i can pay a dollar more for a piece of fucking bacon or pieces hopefully of bacon to put on my damn sandwich i asked for it because i was expected that i was gonna pay more for it because i'm ready to pay more for it period stupid never never come in nobody's pocket so if you work in the, you work in that area definitely watch your tone when you say that to people because it sounds like oh so do you really got some money because i mean it's gonna cost a little bit more and you already getting like the cheapest burger and shit you know what i'm saying don't matter it does none of that matters i pick what i want and i'm trying to choose what i want and none of that matters what how much i'm doing and how whatever it's hella insulting Moving on to gender microaggressions, which are very, very interesting. Um, and I think a little bit more subtle. It's very, it's, you see this a lot when it comes to, you know, women have to deal with a lot, a lot, a lot of when it comes to just gender microaggressions, as well as now um, with, I feel like the kind of like the popular, you know, how popularized uh, transgenders are in today's world. They're definitely gonna get a lot of these things. And sadly to say, Everyone, you know, has to be able to deal with this grill, grow some tough skin, become aware and be able to address these damn microaggressions. Now, gender microaggressions. The first uh, example was an assertive female manager is labeled as a bitch. This is a, this is a good one. While her male counterpart 
is described as a forceful leader. Hidden message. Women should be passive and allow men to be the decision makers. Mm. This one is one for the books. This one is very, very deep. This is very, very rooted in essentially a deep rooted history of essentially women just standing up for their damn selves and that immediately being a derogatory thing because it's like what what good woman would stand up for herself is essentially what that notion and what that mindset is saying and it's extremely sexist and it's extremely misogynistic that you believe that you know no woman can be have any type of power call a shot when studies are starting to show us <laughs> that women are a lot better at calling shots than every other than anything else you know especially women of color that's even more centralized because they're already having to deal with a lot of of adversities on their own personal level but also because they are in those seats and they have that those hats to wear and those things that they can't change being female as well as being a woman of color now they're considerate they think about that when it comes to other people they think about that when it comes to the people they hire, the people they work with, and how they communicate. You don't find that if you literally are always around a bunch of men all day and a bunch of white men at that. You're going to be very misogynist. You're going to see only power being traded in exchange amongst men. Mm. Next one is a female physician uh, wearing a stethoscope is mistaken as a nurse. Ooh. Hidden message, women should occupy nurturing and non-decision-making roles. Women are less capable than men. Now, this one kind of goes kind of hand in hand with, uh, <clears throat> with the bitch one. Now, this one is more, you know, it's really all about kind of like you're literally insulting someone because you believe that they have to be at this professional, at this level, when you should never assume any of that you see what i'm saying and if anything i always i always believe overshoot you know oversell you know always just i'd rather assume past the point to the highest than doing anything else i'm not going to come in somewhere and be like oh you you must be the, the janitor you must be the this and that not not to slight janitors or nothing like that but to literally come in and immediately just assume that this person is something you can't do that once you when you assume you make an ass out of you and me it's a very great saying and you, I, I suggest everyone to put it into their lexicon of just speaking of phrases definitely do that now the third being whistles or cat calls are heard from men as a woman walks down the street hidden message your body and appearance is for the enjoyment of men you are a sex object now uh, Ilya Davis, a professor at Clark Atlanta University, uh, once said something that was extremely deep to me, and that was that he asked us, I bet all he was like, how many of y'all like to see, you know, girl on girl, like love to see girls kissing, like to see girls, you know, you know, doing a little something to each other. And everyone, you know, kind of, you know, it was a group. It was a, kind of like a, a men's forum, a male's forum. And he, everybody, you know. Most people raised their hands, was like, yeah, it's cool, it's nice, you know, I don't mind it, whatever. Um, but then he said, he was like, you ever wonder why that is? He was like, he said, uh, it's a normalized ideal within society 
that women are nothing but sexual objects so they only see themselves as sexual objects sometimes as well now it all depends on the mindset and the intention too because you have some you have some people who are exploring themselves they're doing this willful like willfully and this is who they are they're exploring their own sexuality so it's not for anyone's gaze but their own personal gaze and the people that they bring into that now when you have a situation where you at the club bottles getting poured up everybody in this thing having a good time and then all of a sudden you know you, your girl and her homegirl just start slobbing each other down and pulling titties out that may not be all the way in the same wheelhouse it's some a lot of the time for the male gaze and, and honestly my I've always had a little, you know, um, kind of like a, a love, you know, the industry of strip clubs because they've made so much money for so many different women and gotten them out of situations. That's a beautiful thing. Now, what's bad about it, though, is that you have so many women who are not at the people controlling these things. I feel like I would support it even heavier if I knew that this is women who are literally the, the curators, the, the decision makers of these types of things because they're controlling the images of their body and it's not for the male gaze it's literally like exploiting the male gaze if anything like you know that there is a demand so you created this kind of uh i guess this service or this product or this type of entertainment and you're the one who is gaining the most out of the situation which i believe a lot of them are now a lot of them are, you know treating it as like you know down on my luck i gotta do what i gotta do but you know this is gonna lead for me to you know be able to own businesses go into real estate do my thing and give me some seed money for the business i'm trying to start whatever 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 which i'm all here for i've, I've heard too many good things and i lived in atlanta for a few years so my opinion of my opinion of you know you know exotic dancing is a lot different than a lot of other people because down there shit the shit is like goddamn nursing you know you you, you're fucking around and meet somebody's mama, somebody's auntie who used to, you know, used to dance. But now they, they living up in the burbs with about three kids, re doing real good, real nice. You know what I'm saying? Got a real simple job and it's cool. Nobody, nobody don't make a fuss about it. She ain't, she still can go to church. She still can be, you know, exist and be cool. But it's the culture. But I believe that's a really, really interesting thing that we really got to pay more attention to too now moving on to sexual orientation microaggressions a young person uses the term gay to describe a movie that she didn't like hidden message being gay is associated with the negative and desirable undesirable uh, characteristics so this one is a very very common one and um, it still 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 plagues the world today and uh, in all honesty it's really just uh, you know it's a term that I think uh, gay being gay is one of the worst things you can be. And that's the notion. That's the ideal. Why is being gay one of the worst things you can be is because as a man, as a man, it's seen that the ideal man must be not only white, but a white man who has power and as well as can have any woman he wants, any woman he wants. Now, once you bring another man into the equation, it becomes, uh, it becomes, uh, I guess, less equal to people who have that closed mind or have that ideal of life. So now they believe that because this man wants to give himself to another man, 
that that power control is different. Now they they get confused because they sit here and think, oh, if you want to be with a man, that means you must want to be a woman. You must want to do this. It 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 essentially creates a bad bad image of what man is. So essentially, is bad all out when any with anything. So a term for bad is this terrible. It's gay. Ugh, don't do it. It is what it is. But we, I think you know more than ever. I think this is a time where I think. We're growing into a very great place of progression. Still got a long, long way to go because we see what happened with Kim Burrell. We see, you know, how uh, Vivica Fox had to slide back her statements. It's it's in it's ingrained in the culture for us to be homophobic or just have this very um, this very large misunderstanding of just gay culture in general. When it's in actuality, it's just another person who is living their damn life just like you live in yours let's not make it into a you know a national geographic episode moving on a lesbian client in therapy reluctantly discloses her sexual orientation to a straight therapist by stating she is into women the therapist indicates he is not shocked by the disclosure because he once had a client who was into dogs hidden message same-sex attraction is abnormal and deviant now, this is a common thing. A lot of uh, therapists and a lot of psychologists believe that homosexuality, um, well, it used to be qualified as um, as a kind of a psychological di- diagnosis. Like you can be diagnosed of this is a, a psychological, you know, abnormality and you being gay is something that something wrong with your mind that you're desiring and being aroused and all these things by someone of the same sex. And it's extremely insulting. If you're in that situation, definitely, definitely immediately address that situation. Never let a person like a professional feel like they have the power to say these things to you because professionals just all that education don't mean you ain't going to be saying it's not. It means it means nothing. And it doesn't mean you're ever going to never say anything insulting. If anything, a lot of people with these, you know, these great degrees in education and professional space feel the need that they can say and do whatever they want. But these people have to be checked even more than anyone else because they there's a sense of, you know, I'm right when in actuality they're not always right. Um, last one um, is two gay men hold hands in public and are told not to flaunt their sexuality. Hidden message. Same-sex displays of affection are abnormal and offensive. Keep it private and to yourselves. Now, this is a complete, complete contradiction to the way the world of today is, especially within the USA, meaning that around February of every year, February 14th, it is all, it is spoken to do these large acts of love, these big statements big balloons big teddy bears whole lot of damn chocolate all this other nonsense the act of engaging into uh getting engaged and um asking someone for their hand in marriage making it a pomp and circumstance doing it at a bar having a violin playing doing that you know that real fancy restaurant having their whole family there doing it like a surprise all these different things all these large acts of love is what we keep seeing so, and also just regular ass, you know, person to person PDA. 
just slide them down and you know wherever so that is a part of american culture that is something that is actually promoted within american culture you should show your love why not because you know this is gonna make you know these products look great it's gonna make people influence them to, to want the same things and once people influence them to do that then it's even better you know the world is even better but when these things happen don't get upset address them very sternly very assertively stick to your guns do not let these people rile you up because you just doing what you do and loving who you love and you know i'm trying to show love to the person that you're currently with so don't trip be calm be cool and keep it moving so microaggressions uh what does the fact that we have microaggressions say about us is that there's a long long way for us to go now i will end with uh actually being able to essentially uh becoming aware of your own prejudices and i'm talking to my white listeners right now so i want you guys to really really listen tune in right now if you haven't listened to anything else i've said if this hasn't been you or a friend of yours or whoever it is i want you to listen right now now when if you've ever been in any situations if you quote unquote have this you know you're trying to build this very mixed group of friends now that you're trying to be open i guess you need to be aware of the things that you say to people if you're ignorant be aware of the tone and the way that you frame your questions and also keep in mind of all preconceived notions that you've had about an individual about an, eth an ethnic group whatever that is and throw that shit out the window when you're interacting with people of color do not bring any of those uh, preconceived ideas, those connotations that you believe match these things, because that's not how life works. It's not. It's not how life works. You cannot figure out black people just by watching a full season of Martin. You cannot figure out Asians by just watching a whole lot of Bruce Lee. You cannot figure out Hispanic, like Latin, the Latin community by watching a whole lot of telenovela and, or fucking Jane the Virgin, which is a great show. You can't figure people out. So go into the situation seeing people as people, seeing them as humans, and they are defining what they are. And your responses should be all based off of what they say they are. Never base it off of what you already assume, which is a big part of it. But that is a another white privilege thing that people still have to be able to deal with because you you feel that you already have the knowledge you already got everyone figured out and put into boxes that's why you feel that you can frame and form these questions and have these assumptions about people because you know you already know how they are you already assume that you they are this way they just you know whatever whatever that's why you ask the question that you ask that's why you come at people the way you come at them that's why you claim to be uncomfortable when you see certain things but in actuality, there's a lot of insecurities within yourself and there's a problem within yourself. And who do you need to be upset with? The powers that be the white people who have created this culture within the states. So if you want to change that, be a part of the solution. Open your mind, broaden your horizons, get away, 
stop being so damn vanilla and go get you some color and i don't mean to just go on this like scavenger hunting this pilgrimage for blackness this pilgrimage for you know just any type of ethnic ethnic you know you know rejuvenation trying to find something because i that's that's gonna get annoying as hell and that's that's kind of weird too but what i'm saying is when the time is right when you're in these spaces broaden your horizons go to places that you never go to Explore the things that you haven't explored. Patronize black businesses and other businesses that aren't just conveniently within your neighborhood. Get out. See more. And when you do make new acquaintances organically, actually get to know them and actually tell them who you are. That's what I say you do. But um, if you don't know, now you know that you can listen to Simply King on everything uh, every work podcast on uh, that are available from the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, um, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio. I'm also on the Podcast in Color uh, directory. Follow them on Twitter, um, as well as uh, I'm going to be featured pretty soon on Talking Wild with Dan. Um, really, really great guy out of Chicago, um, a improv comedian. He's great. The show we did was really, really clever. He has a really clever show where he essentially talks to animals, but definitely check him out. Check him out. And um, he uh, informs me that the, you know, the Second Wind Collective website is on its way soon. So just bear with me. I'm really looking forward to, you know, meeting all the people who are part of that network and just, you know, building, 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 building. So thank you all for listening. I hope I said something that can help you guys out and address the things that are happening in your life and also just help us progress and be better humans. I love y'all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to listen and don't forget to share and listen. Have your uh, friends listen and give me reviews, give comments, and let's have this dialogue continue as well as implement these things into our lives. Thank you. This is Simply King. Crazy right here. Hey yo, ask you crazy for this one.